Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Kaboom! If you thought four hours a day, 1,200 minutes a week was enough, think again. He's the last remnants of the old republic, a sole bastion of fairness. He treats crackheads in the ghetto gutter the same as the rich pill poppers in the penthouse. Wow. The clearinghouse of hot takes break free for something special. The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller starts right now. In the air everywhere, a brand spanking new edition of the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller and Danny G Radio. Back at it again. The weekend is here, and if you smell the air... That's not a flatulence. That is football. It is right around the corner. And I thought, what better way to get us set up for the upcoming NFL and college football season than chat with the man, the myth, the legend, Charles Davis. Now, Charles Davis has been a broadcaster for many, many years. In fact, I would argue over the last 20 years, he is called most of the big college football games. I know when he was at Fox, he did so many of them. He is now one of the top broadcasters at CBS on their NFL coverage, but he still dabbles in college football. Charles is one of the hardest working broadcasters. He did not play in the NFL. It's an interesting story. He was a good player at Tennessee back in the day, was on the Dallas Cowboys practice squad, didn't make the NFL, went back, got some more education and has taken the broadcast business by storm over the years and used to be a regular on the weekend show that I did with Looney, the Blitz, on the weekend. We used to have Charles on all the time uh, talking about different NFL games he was doing. And then rather quietly in the middle of the pandemic, Charles had a great opportunity that popped up at CBS. And so he joined the NFL on CBS. But he is also the voice of the Madden video game. And if your kids play Madden or you play Madden or you've played Madden within the last seven or eight years, chances are you've heard the dulcetones of one Charles Davis. So he's all over the place. But, Charles, welcome in. Good to have you with us here on the fifth hour with Ben Maller and Danny G. So let's start with the video game here. 
And riddle me this, Charles. What is the coolest thing about being the voice of the iconic Madden franchise? <laughs> it's, it's truly a wonderful question. And I'm not sure what's not cool about it, right? I mean, what, whatever aspect you want. I think if I have to narrow it down to one thing, uh, obviously along with EA Sports, right? EA Sports doing the nuts and bolts. Coach Madden with the vision and the drive and the consistent, how can it get better? And the word authentic was the number one word for everything. And I'm part of a franchise that, that has his name on it. And Ben, and if you're of a certain age, like I am, you remember Coach Madden as a Super Bowl winning coach and one of the iconic franchises in NFL history. And seemingly playing for the right to go to the Super Bowl every year is what it felt like under him. It was a 10-year run. But a good number of people who play this game, they know him as the video game guy. And just to be a part of that and part of that pantheon of people who have participated and been part of it, been the voices of it, I'd say that's probably the coolest thing. Yeah, and I imagine when you're traveling around, Charles, people come up to you and probably pepper you with all kinds of, of questions. I think once they, they realize they connect the dots, that must be interesting. Your travels around the NFL running into different people and the things they say to you, right? Yeah, it's, it's fun, but I will tell you, Ben, it happens a lot less than you might imagine. And I think a big part of it is myself and my partner, Brandon Godden, who handles the play-by-play -play and does it wonderfully. We're not quote unquote in the game. Right. So, mm -hmm. so like you don't see us, I think at one point, I don't know if we still do, we would pop up for very briefly at the end of the third quarter, but you know, the great players, the, the, the real gamers, they button through everything so fast. I'm not sure. So we're essentially voices and I've been doing this game now with Brandon. We finished our seventh year. We're going into our eighth now. <sighs> I will tell you, and this is no exaggeration, I've been recognized twice by NFL players as the Madden guy. And all the time you've gone to practices, games, meetings, the whole deal. Because we're just voices. A lot of them don't connect. Only one connected voice, and that was uh, Jalen Hurts. First wow. time I asked him a question at a sit-down with the Eagles, he said, hold it a second. I know that voice. I said, I said, Jalen, that's never happened before. And the other was Mike, Mike. The other was Mike Daniels, the big defensive tackle. He's with the Packers. Then he rolled over and said, "Yo, my kids, my kids enjoy the game." I was like, "Hey, that is that is very cool." But it does it does happen. I'm not sitting here trying to be Mr. Super Modest, and and all of a sudden now I'm being inauthentic, which Coach Madden would hit me upside the head for. But it doesn't happen as often as one might think. But it's very nice when it does, and people are people are very very nice about it and the whole thing, and yeah. you know, and we're we're just trying our best to to make it better all the time. As my son told me when I took the job, he said, "Hey, make sure you do a lot of stuff so that I don't know all the time what's going to pop up when a certain play happens." And I said, "Well, we'll do our best, but we have our limits too, kiddo. We're doing our best to try and come up with new stuff all the time that sounds good and doesn't sound cheesy and." all the rest of it. And uh, we, we just put it yeah. out there and let the consumer tell us if we, if we hit it or not. 
Yeah, I wanted to get into that, Charles. I, I know I've asked you in the past, but there's new people listening all the time. Like to put a video game like that together with hundreds of players. Now, you don't say the names of the players per se, but you still have to come up with, as you said, unique stuff. You've been doing this a long time. So roughly how many hours does it take for you and your your partner there to go into a recording studio? Do you do it from home? Do you have to go into a to the, the facility and record the stuff? And I mean, how many hours of commitment are we talking about to put a video game together each year? It's crazy. Well, pre-COVID, um, we would go into the studio at EA Sports. Um, since COVID, we've been recording from home. EA has moved into a new facility, and they're still in the process of moving everything over there. So we're not back in the in the in the facility yet in the uh, room. Yeah. But we hope that will happen sooner rather than later because it's a lot better for the game, I think, when I can look at my partner, he can look at me, because when we do the game, Ben, we're not doing it to video. It's all blank, okay? We have we have words in front of us that's our script, doing the Joey Tribbiani air quotes there, that we have a wonderful writer, uh, Ed Brady does a fantastic job, and we've had other people who have assisted over the years. And they give us a script, but most of the time the script is there are things that we have to get in and have to be precise about. And there's a lot of things where it's just a situation. What can you guys come up with? You know, here's the, here's the framework. What mm. can you put to that? And we'll do a lot, a number of different takes and then they decide what they like and don't like and go on from there. Then we usually start preseason NFL, which is August. And we wrap usually middle of June. Um, when we were in the studio, our sessions would often last four hours or so. Now that we're not in the studio, we're usually doing a hard two hours each time. Um, he and I both do games on the weekend. So he'll do college football and some NFL. I'm doing NFL. So our games are Saturday, Sunday. And then Monday, we're in the studio recording. And we do that Monday, Tuesday during the season. And then as the season ends we may add extra days on we usually do so i can't tell you the exact number of hours and remember we're not doing it every week as well once the season ends mm -hmm. because brand you know brandon has basketball and baseball and i have other stuff that comes up so we put get it together but we will consistently go from august until june wow all right and, you know yeah, sure two, 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 two to three hours a pop at a session and when we're in the normal, it's usually two times a week. And in the outer, it can be four times a week. All right. So you're putting the hours in there. Now, are you going to branch out to any other video games, Charles? I know you're, you're a football guy, but is, uh, now that you've got this on your resume, you've done this for years. <laughs> is there a possibility of something else? Listen, I, I, I would listen to anyone who'd be crazy enough to be interested in me. I'm sure Brandon would do the same. But so far, we're, the, we're just proud to be the, the, the voices of Madden. And uh, I can't I don't know that there's another one out there for me. There could be for Brandon. Play by play is different. Yeah. You know, when, when you're doing the analyst work, if it's basketball, they're going to want a true basketball guy. Baseball, true baseball guy. Soccer. Well, you know, they're going to want a true soccer guy. I mean, that, that group is not going to stand for anything else. You know that. Yeah. So, you know, right on down the line. So I'm just fortunate to be able to do what I'm doing. And uh, I think that'll probably be it. <laughs> I got you. I got you. No, I got to talk about you. You had been at Fox for a long time. And then 
the whole world, as we know, the last couple of years have been wonky. Things are starting to get back to the normal most places and still still a little out there. But during all of that, the haze of the, the COVID shutdown and all that, you switched uh, jobs. You, go, you went from Fox to CBS. And I, I feel like we did not do the proper send off to you when you made the change. <laughs> How weird was that with everything going on in the world as it was? And then you end up making a major career change and and congratulations you're, you're great i love you on, on cbs as well but how weird was it when you realized hey i'm going to be changing gigs here and everything in the world's all wonky right now yeah it's it, it, but there's a lot i think you described it pretty accurately i think that anyone who's listening to us and had similar experiences you know i mean think of all the people who had to go through furloughs and then the job was gone or trying to change jobs or find a new job. Wonky is the perfect word. I mean, there is no playbook for that at all, right? There is no getting around this, that, and everything. So I was just fortunate enough that during that time frame, I had another, I had, I had an option, you know, it's the best Mm -hmm. way to put it. I mean, one day we, one day I can, you know, I'll probably talk about the whole thing or, or whatever. I don't know that now's truly the time, but I was fortunate enough that the, 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 the incredible people at CBS sports thought that I was good enough to come over and join their group, join their family. And it happened, as you said, during a, a crazy, crazy time. I had 14 years, I believe that, you know, there, mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, you go back to, BCS on, uh, you know, the BCS games called national championship games and big time BCS bowl games to NFL football, then part pairing with, you know, Gus Johnson on college football again, and then moving back to the NFL and I had wonderful, wonderful partners and people that I worked with there. But at that time frame, I guess the way I described it then is probably still most accurately. It just seemed that that was the, CBS just seemed to be the right place for me to be at that time. And I, you know, and I'll just leave it at that for now, but uh, yeah, now, a so- lot of great, a lot of great people I worked with along the way. Don't get me wrong. That's for sure. Yeah. And is there, is there really any difference to what you do? Like the nuts and bolts of calling an NFL game whether, or, or a college game, whether you're at Fox or CBS, is it obviously it's different people, but does it really yeah. change all that much? You're still doing your, your same stuff. Uh, yeah. what, what's it like for you? No, there's really not that much change, Ben. I mean, a football game's a football game's a football game, right? So we're not we're not reinventing the wheel on it, you know. I mean, what what, what Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble were doing back in those times, we're doing now. Now you're trying to do it better each and every time out for yourself. I'm not saying I'm trying to do it better than other people. Where you really, it's I kind of liken it to golf, Ben. You're playing the course, mm-hmm. and the course every every time is the game itself. I know that fans, I know that media critics, I know that everyone tries to compare us, and this person does it this way. That's all fine and dandy. You have to be true to yourself, be true to your partner, be true to your team. But we're calling football, you know, and it doesn't matter who's broadcasting. At the end of the day, the rules are the same, and I can go all Gene Hackman here in Hoosiers, right? <laughs> The dimensions are the same. Nothing changes. The players are the same. But who you're working with, how you're doing it, what your bosses are, are asking from you, there are subtle differences, don't get me wrong. But in broad macro, it's still football. 
Yeah. And as a guy, you played college football at Tennessee back in the day and looking around and you've broadcast college football over the years. When you see what's going on right now behind the scenes in college football, uh, where does it end here? I mean, do you have any, uh, you have a crystal ball here, Charles? Are we looking at only two or three conferences five years from now? How, uh, how, how's this going to shake down? Well, first of all, when I heard UCLA and USC were going to the Big Ten, I think that's when my childhood officially died. <laughs> I'm 57 now. But I think my childhood officially died at that moment. And I don't mean it in a, in a truly negative sense. We've had plenty of upheaval, right? We've had plenty of big-time names switching conferences and this going there and knowing that, you know, Oklahoma and Texas were coming to the SEC. And those don't seem as much of a stretch as UCLA, USC, Big Ten. And I remember thinking right away, Ben, I can't wait and I hope I'm around for the day if the Rose Bowl continues to exist because I have my doubts about bowl games going forward. But they continue to exist. And you know how what a big player the Rose Bowl is in the bowl bowl situation. Yep. Right. You couldn't get to you couldn't get to the BCS in a playoff without being able to have blessing and allowances for the Rose Bowl game itself, right? Mm -hmm. So when I heard that, all I said was please let me be around for UCLA or USC to win the Big Ten and be announced as the Big Ten representative in the Rose Bowl that will really set it on its ear because, you know, again, as I've mentioned before, also of a certain age, that was a big deal. Which, which team was coming, coming West and the cold weather of the big 10 to play in and UCLA and USC were often the hosts of that game. And now we're going to change it that way. As far as a crystal ball, I keep hearing about different, you know, three conferences, four conferences. I get all of that. I think it's going to go farther, Ben. I think that we're going to end up with much more of an NFL model, but bigger in terms of, you know, the NFL is 32 teams. I could easily see that doubled. We could stretch it to 70, mm -hmm. but I don't know if we get much more beyond that, if, if we even get to that number. Because what it's going to take to play that big-time football, that kind of money, you're going to have teams that you and I grew up with, and when I say teams – universities and colleges that we grew up with that financially won't be able to keep up and may have to play what we see now as one double a yeah. right yeah. so they'll have a super deal super conference whatever you want to call it but i don't think it'll even be conferences anymore i think it'll be divisions just like the nfl has and it may change from year to year this group may go there may i don't think it'd be like relegation but they may change it up, you know, okay, we're going to, for four years, it's going to be this grouping. All right, next four years, this grouping, and then try and play that way. I see a commissioner for it because the NCAA doesn't really govern it anyway. So I see a commissioner type person and an organization that way. I think it'll model the NFL in a lot of ways down the road. But until we get there, we know the SEC is going to survive the nuclear blast. We know the Big Ten is going to survive the nuclear blast. I think the ACC will, mm -hmm. but they'll probably have to go and get some reinforcements because they're what they call the grant of rights is pretty lock solid until I think 2036. So I don't think anyone's going anywhere. And the Big 12 looks like they're making moves 
the Pac-12, Big 12, if they go into a, some sort of an alliance, it'll be interesting to see. But I don't know that anyone's clamoring for that. So it's four or five conferences. We, we get it. But eventually, I think we have the super, super conference that I see more like an NFL model. And I'm going to put the number around 50 to 60 uh, programs in the country. Yeah. I, I love that. And you mentioned relegation. And at Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That is also something that is obviously from Europe and that's what they do in soccer and whatnot. But I think that would be wonderful if they can somehow incorporate that in college. Now I'm not a university president or I'm not <laughs> an athletic director, but the idea, the concept of, Hey, if you're, if you're not getting it done, you've got to go to a lower level. And I, I wish there was a way we could do that in all of our sports in America. I think it's just better for, for fans that teams keep trying. I, I've always been annoyed Charles with the tanking, that goes on, at least the perceived tanking, sometimes right. real in sports. And if, if you could eliminate that or at least make that much more difficult with relegation, that would be a wonderful thing. I think that's a great idea if they could do that in college. I don't see a way you can do it in the other professional leagues. Is, is there a path to that in the other sports leagues, Charles? It, it's really, really hard. And, and the reason I think relegation works well in Europe, and, 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 and I'm sticking with soccer, because I'm not familiar if there's any other sports that have the relegation, is that they manage to maintain their teams on a pretty equal level, whether they're in the top level or the next level. And so when you get relegated down, you're not so huge and you're not so small. And when you bounce your way up, you've already put the resources in to begin with. Here, 
if we go to relegation somehow, that would t- that would mean that you have two tiers of college football that are still basically spending the same amount of money. And I just don't see that happening. See, what I see happening is the super supers are going to spend, you know, pick your number, right? So if we're spending $1 million, which we know is far short of the number, I'm just using it as an example, and an FCS or a 1AA team spending, let's say, roughly $500,000. You're not going to spend a million dollars on the FCS level, and then you get a chance to bounce up, and now you're up there with the big boys, and you're ready to go. That's why I see I'm not as bullish on that. I think your point remains, and I, and I and it would be a lot of fun if we had those two tiers. I just don't think the colleges are going to do that. I think they're they're going to make a choice. I'm either in it with the big people, or I'm running with the I'm running with the other pack. And schools that we're used to running with the big people won't all make it. All right. That's that's the way I see it coming. I'm not saying it with any glee, but I'm also seeing even ones who are having success now that are have been unexpected could have trouble running with the big boys later. You know, and yeah. and, and and should I you know go pick your conference, take a look, and look and say, okay, who truly has the resources? Who truly has the name that's going to survive this bad boy? And you look at some of the ones who've been clustered at the bottom for a long time. And they, let's say they are truly those true academic type places. You know what I mean? They pride yeah. themselves on. Sure. Then, then they may very well choose. We're not going to jump that race anymore. Because, look, I'll use Vanderbilt as a quick example. Okay. No better academics you're going to get anywhere. Great city, should be a great recruiting base, but it's a private school. We know what it's like to do all the things. Over the last 20 years, their success has been minimal. James Franklin had the most, did a phenomenal job there, but it hasn't been able to be sustained. They would be a candidate for having to make that major decision, I think, because they probably can get the resources to run with the big dogs. But if running with the big dogs means your record is still one in 11, as opposed to what if you can drop down a level and be really competitive? Yeah. I think people, I think people are going to make that decision on that. Does that mean though, Charles, that this is the, the next year of college football is going to be the end of like, I'm looking at Alabama's schedule. They play Utah state yeah. and Louisiana Monroe in the, in the non-conference. They, they is, is this the they, end they of that? No, I don't think so. I think that, um, you know, we're not done with it. I'm just saying down the road, I, I see it happening. And when we get down the road, then every week it's a big boy, big boy game. Now that's when it changes. When, when we get to the super, super, we're not at the super supers yet. And people are still going to offer that up. And if you're a true big boy trying to win a national championship, if you're in the SEC, you're going to play some of those other games because every week is a grinder but you do pick that one non-conference game that you need to keep yourself on the map and keep visibility. And if Alabama always becomes a target for that, and I can't believe as a Tennessee guy, I'm over here defending Alabama. Don't do it, Charles. But, Don't do it. But people always go for, you know, Alabama, especially when we get to November, you know, that weekend in the SEC in November when everyone plays no one. Yeah. I always, always remind people, go back to the early part of the season. Alabama's always playing that kickoff game 
and usually against good opponents. Name opponents. They've jumped on Michigan in the in past years. They've jumped on USC. Um, you know, you you name it. Name Miami. Were those teams up to snuff at the time? No, but you can't fault them for playing that traditionally strong team. And then when they play Mercer in November, everybody gets on their case. Like, hey, they played those guys back in the beginning. And by the way, they're going to Texas this year. I think week two of the week two yeah. of the season. Yeah, they do. So Alabama yeah. always does that. So they make no apologies for playing Mercer in November. They're like, hey, give me a break. I, I just came off of playing LSU. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Ole Miss has gotten good. I just played these people. Give me Mercer. Give me a week. And then let me gut it out and get ready for Auburn or whoever down the stretch. But don't forget, in the beginning, we played a marquee team in a marquee game, and people like that. So I do think that continues with the big boys. But when we get to that super, super, then everyone ostensibly is supposed to be a marquee type of a game. Yeah. Now, I, I want to turn the page here, go back to the NFL, Charles, because uh, you're the you know, NFL, CBS coverage and all that stuff. And training camps are opening up here before we know it. They're, they're going to be training yeah. camps around the, the league. So uh, just kind of pick your brain on a few things. Do you see the Rams, the reigning Super Bowl champions, being able to maintain a similar season upcoming or will they fall off a little bit? That Super Bowl hangover for the Rams. I see them having the ability to maintain the, the Super Bowl hangover is real. And a lot of it has to do with what everyone gets in the off season, adulation, better, you know, better sponsorship, more deals, right? Everyone's up a radio show. I still go back to the nineties Cowboys, Ben. Mm -hmm. It's one of the more remarkable things, the run they had, because I think at one point, didn't they say something like 20 to 25 Cowboys to have their own radio shows? Oh, sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they handled the celebrity and embraced it as well as any great dynasty we've seen. Kansas City has come through at a time where the run that they've had, they've had to run through COVID. They, they've had to run through time frames where the sponsorships and all the extras that come with being a Super Bowl didn't really materialize because our world stopped. And I think that that was kind of an advantage to them. It didn't splinter apart with the, with the, as Pat Riley's called, the disease of me. I don't think the Rams are going to suffer from it either, even though they're in one of the great sponsorship marketing places in, in the world in Los Angeles for this reason. I think Sean McVay keeps it fresh. I think Sean McVay keeps it fun. Remember, Ben, when he took over as the head coach, as the youngest coach in the league, he didn't play his starters in preseason at all, period, which has really led us to where we are now. Because people were playing people less, but he never even let them hit the field. And people were freaking out. People were like, what are they doing? What is going on? Have you checked the starts of the Rams seasons under Sean McVay? They come out of the gate strong every year, not just because he holds them out. But what I'd love to do is to get embedded with that franchise and see what he does practice-wise, because they come out sharp for people who've never played in preseason, who didn't do anything, who didn't go. What is he doing, and what is his, his, his program doing? He's doing something incredibly well. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I can't think of a time that Sean McVay's Rams started one and three. It's always yeah. more like three and one, four and oh. 
that sort of a deal. So it's not just that he's resting guys because everyone's resting guys. But what are they doing in practice? How are they how are they doing things in meetings? How is he drilling them? And the other part is they come out of the game and don't just win games. They don't have 15 penalties per game because we always talk about how sloppy the first month of the NFL season is, right? Sure. No one's playing. No one tackles. You know, everything's this, everything's that. I don't see that with the Rams. So I do believe, I do count on what I've seen before, what's been in front of me. I think that they'll still be a hungry team. Matthew Stafford, he may have gotten his ring, but how happy is he that it's like, are you kidding me? I wait on Sunday. He could not say that for his career in Detroit. And that guy was a warrior in Detroit. I did two games, Ben, of his where he didn't practice the entire week and took every snap on Sunday. And in both occasions, Detroit was well below 500. That guy, when it, when it was time to answer the bell, he answered the bell. Now he's answering the bell with this big smile, like not only am I answering the bell, I got a chance to add to my jewelry. I got a chance to add to my, add to my, 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 you know, my, 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 my reputation, my, my accomplishments. Because remember this, his overall career record is well below 500 because of his time in Detroit. Yeah, for he's sure. going to have, but he's going to have Hall of Fame numbers. How are people going to reconcile that? A second rank will go a long way towards erasing everything in Detroit, and everybody would just go, you know, something. Don't don't put Detroit on. He put up big numbers in Detroit, and as soon as he had a good franchise, look at what he did. He won two rings. So if he can get a second ring, I think he waltzes into the Hall of Fame despite what his career record is because you can't put all that on him. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play, from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, that's a good point. And some of the other players that, as far as guys that change teams here, Charles, Tyreek Hill is now a Miami Dolphin. Devontae Adams is in the Las Vegas Raiders organization now. Which of those, which of those guys do you think is the, the real deal? And we've seen over the years, I, I saw a stat a couple of weeks back that receivers who are top-level receivers who change teams 
historically their numbers go down when they change teams. It's it's uh, yeah. that position. So uh, which of these guys do you think is the real deal, which is more likely to bring the, the same success they had with their old team to their new team? They're both the real deal, but based off of what you just said, and it is true, Devontae Adams go, going to the Raiders seemingly has a better chance of quote unquote success. And here's why you already have the established quarterback in car with a connection from their past in college with a franchise that went to the end, went to the playoffs last year and under new management now with Josh McDaniels, Dave the GM. Teamwork was there, cars a veteran guy who knows how to operate. You move to Miami, can Tyreek Hill help bring along Tua? Absolutely he can. But Tua hasn't done it on a consistent basis yet. So if I were, you know, if I'm sitting there saying, which one would I expect? I expect Devontae Adams and, and Derek Carr to click a lot faster and really be a factor out of the gate. Doesn't mean that Tyreek Hill and Tua won't be. But there's still a lot of question marks. There's a lot to be proven. And don't forget, part of Tyreek Hill's big-time plays made in Kansas City were made off of what? Patrick Mahomes' ability to keep a play alive, escape, and then make a 70-yard throw across his body across the field and find a wide-open Tyreek Hill. Those plays might not be in abundance in Miami, at least not in the beginning because Mahomes is just beyond special in terms of being able to do that. doesn't mean Tua is not a good quarterback, not a good player. He has to prove it on a consistent basis. But in your mind, Ben, I think in the minds of anyone evaluating it, do we see Tua making those same types of plays consistently like Mahomes? Probably not. Now Tyreek would probably argue and go, hey, I did this for Patrick. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying there have been plenty of plays. And think about every time you watch Kansas City play. Didn't it feel like there's one or two of those plays per game? Yeah. Where he sure. would, you know, and then all yeah. of a sudden, wham, like he made what throw? You know, it's, yeah. it's just like, wow. so, so those things go a long way towards it. So as you put, as you posited it, I'm saying Adams and Carr have a better chance of success early than Tua and Tyreek just because of past history and, and past affiliations and Carr being established in this league as a quarterback who probably doesn't get as much respect as he should. Yeah. And, and Charles, the, the chicken or the egg argument, uh, receiver quarterback, who is yeah. between those two. I, I changed my opinion when, when Randy Moss left the Vikings and went to the Raiders and it was, uh, it did not go well for him with the Raiders. And then yeah. he, he goes to the Patriots and he lights the world on fire. So, to me, that was like, well, that's the quarterback. He was back with a good quarterback. I think he had like Andrew Walter, not to, to yeah. rip him, but there was the guys like that with the Raiders when he was there. Uh, are you on the same page with that? Or where do you stand on that quarterback versus receiver and vice versa? Yeah, I tend, I tend to fall towards the quarterback because over time when we've had those matchups, right, and you put it together, it typically you have the quarterback with the arm, the skills, the moxie, the ability to get the ball to that receiver. Okay. And I know receivers are screaming and yelling, but remember this Devontae Adams is in Las Vegas because a certain number, you know, and I know that, you know, there's talk that Green Bay offered more, but Devontae wanted to be in Las Vegas. Tyreek, Kansas City drew a number in the sand and said, this is the number. If not, we'll find you. Okay. Someone else interested? A.J. Brown, the Titans didn't want him to go away. But, again, the number hit, 
And they were like, okay, if we can find someone, and they did in Philadelphia. Because, Ben, every year now in the college draft, I'm telling you, until the time they close my coffin, if we keep playing football the way we're playing, of the amount of throwing we're doing at a younger age, every year you have receivers flooding this league with potential to play. I don't think many teams are going to break their bank, even for their all-star receiver, but you will break your bank for your quarterback. I think the quarterback drives it. I mean, all the great duos, Sterling Sharp to me from Green Bay should be in the whole thing. Okay. He had the one great year with John Magic Minkowski. But when did everything really blossom? When Favre hit. You know, and then Sterling and and Sterling is a Hall of Fame receiver. People are overlooking that. Go check numbers, go check his production in a seven year career. It's off the charts. Probably second only to Jerry Rice during that time. So, but yeah. So Charles, Charles, do you, do you think Charles, do you think that we'll get to a point like in the running back position, you know, you're, you're kind of close to, we're around the same age. And I, when I was a kid, yeah. the running back was like the God of football. That was like, everything was about the running back. And now you look at these teams, like the Rams just won the Super Bowl. They had a rotation of running backs and, and a lot of teams have gone to that. Well, Will the receiver position eventually get to that point? Because as you said, there's so many guys in college seemingly every year that are getting better and better. Will they just downgrade how much they want to pay the top receivers in the next 10 years or so? I think so. I think that the top receivers are not going to make as much with their current teams, but they will with the second team. You know, that's what it's going to be, but that'll be a smaller pool of guys who'll get that second team opportunity. And we just mentioned a few of them already. Tyreek, second team. You know, uh, Devontae Adams, second team. A.J. Brown, second team. That sort of a deal. But you notice Green Bay just went and drafted, you know, guys, right? <laughs> you yes, know, sir. Kansas yeah. City drafted guys, you know, and, and, and we'll just see. We'll see how it all turns out, whether they reach those same heights. But I do think a wide receiver one is not going away anytime soon. They're still going to be the dominant receiver and much more committee with backs. And you're right. It's changed. When I was a kid, when you played fullback, you were an integral part of the running game. Jim Brown was a fullback. Jim Taylor was a fullback. Those guys led to, led the NFL in rushing. Okay. Now the fullback, if you don't do anything but block and maybe catch an occasional pass, and then the running back handles the rest of it. But if rotation is okay. The key, though, Ben, is, is your rotation giving you four-plus yards per carry into the playoffs? You don't have to have a feature guy. Yeah. But the running game still has to supply enough for you to be able to run deep. Name a Super Bowl champ that didn't have a consistent running game. It's rare. It's rare. I mean, they, they still is consistent, even if one of the guys isn't, isn't a superstar. For sure. Uh, and, and we'll get you out on this. Russell Wilson. I, I, this is not seemingly getting tons of attention. I know it's Denver and it's not a huge media market and all that, but Russell Wilson going from Seattle to Denver. How do you see that one working out, Charles? Is this uh, Peyton Manning 2.0 for the Broncos? Are they back among the big time players in the NFL all of a sudden just getting Russell Wilson? Is that the only thing they were missing? Well, they were, they're missing more than that, but that's a big part of it because consistent quarterback play you know, they're in one of the toughest divisions in, in, in football, as we know, the AFC West. But consistent quarterback play can carry you so far. The, the rub, very simply, is this. First-year head coach Nathaniel Hackett, right? 
can that defense continue to play at a high level? The Vic Fangio had them playing, and I think that they have an opportunity to do that. They got players. Justin Simmons, can Bradley Chubb get back to form, et cetera, et cetera. But they flip it to the other side. Last year, their biggest issue was they couldn't close out or win close games with the combination of Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. Russell Wilson should handle that. Cortland Sutton should be in form. K.J. Hamler should be in form. All those things happen. They've upgraded the offensive line. A lot of positives, Ben, but here's the issue. Would you put them ahead of Kansas City as we sit here now? Would you put them ahead of the Las Vegas Raiders? Would you put them ahead of Los Angeles Chargers? You've got four of the top 15 quarterbacks in the NFL in the AFC West, three of the top 10, and I suspect the fourth is closer to the top 10 than he is to the 15th. Yeah, so uh, that's, what you have. Yeah. that's what you have in that division. So someone's not going to make the. They're not all going to make the playoffs in that division. So you know, yeah. if, you're, if you're fortunate, you can get three. We've seen divisions get three. Yeah. But boy, that that's rare and it's difficult to do. But that's what you have. But on a given week, who's the best quarterback in that division? To me, Mahomes is the guy because he's consistently done it. No one throws it better than Herbert, and he's a better competitor than people know. Russell Wilson has proven, but now he's with a new team. And, and then Derek Carr, again, overlooked. But the guy puts up well over four grand per year and <laughs> motivates his team. He held that team together so well last year as a leader with the turmoil they had. He will never get enough credit for doing what he did to, to rally that team to the playoffs last year. I hear you on that. What, what's your first game this year, Charles? Your first uh, don't, broadcast? Don't know yet. Don't know yet. I haven't gotten our schedule yet. Um, so okay. we'll, we'll find out in the upcoming weeks. So not quite sure. But look, it's NFL football, Ben. Just send me anywhere and I'll be excited. Awesome. Hey, thanks for doing this, Charles. I appreciate it. And I love watching it on TV and the video game, the whole thing. And continued success. Thanks for doing it. Appreciate it. Same, same to you, Ben. Thanks for having me. You take care. Talk to you down the road. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.